The reading today is taken from James, chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. You find that on page 1215 in the Church Bibles. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Well, please do keep your Bibles open in that place. Let me open this Bible up. Let me begin with prayer. Father, I do thank you that you are our God. I thank you for the word and the truth that it contains. And I pray now as we look at your word that you would speak to us and that your spirit would give us understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Many years ago in South Africa, I used to work in a rural Zulu area. And uh, even though I was a young man, I had a beard at that point. And uh, I used to walk around and the people used to call me Indodo Ntchebe. Uh, Indodo Ntchebe means bearded man. And the connotation of it was, because Zulu men find it difficult to grow facial hair, if you had a long beard, it meant automatically that you were a wise person. So that was wonderful for me. I mean, it was really easy to be wise uh, in, in people's eyes, but not so great for other people. I think a woman might have found it a bit more difficult to look wise in that circumstance, if that was the way wisdom was adjudged. Um, but really, what is wisdom? Uh, and so that's the question we have today. That is the question that we have from our Bibles. Um, I don't think it's got to do with the length of your beard. But let's find out what the Bible says. So verse 13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. How do we receive wisdom and understanding? How do we use it? And is it important to our lives? Uh, the implication of James here, that in asking the question of who is wise and understanding, we should all want to answer, we are. We desire to be wise and understanding. And therefore, I'm sure, we should all strive to have as many university degrees as possible. No. Uh, it's important to differentiate between wisdom and knowledge. And knowledge is knowing information. Wisdom is using that knowledge correctly at the right time and the right way. As the old joke goes, knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it into a fruit salad. 
Uh, but wisdom can also be about speaking the truth about who God is. And I think that is what James is speaking about here. Uh, in the previous two and a half chapters, we have seen that wisdom being compared to foolishness in our dealing with our faith and practices in Christianity. This wisdom is gained by spending time in the Bible, as Solomon tells us in Proverbs 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. According to our verse 13 today, true godly wisdom is shown by the deeds that you do and the humility with which you do them. If there is true godly wisdom, then there must be something to compare it to. This other wisdom is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And today we're going to compare these two types of wisdoms and to look at the outcome of each and decide which wisdom we should choose. Previously in this chapter, as Bart has preached, James has been looking at the tongue and how the small part of the body can either praise or curse. Um, using our tongue requires us to have wisdom. And so these verses today continue their passage on thinking about how we can receive and practice true wisdom. Even earlier in the, in the book, in chapter 1, verse 5 to 7, we are told to ask God for wisdom, and he will give it to us, provided we ask without doubting. As verse 5 from chapter 1 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of a sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So godly wisdom, therefore, is not something which comes from going to university. It's not something that comes from reading all kinds of books. It's wisdom that comes directly from God. And don't get me wrong, there are people who can speak wise words about life who are not believers. But the wisdom we are speaking about today is our response to the divine and how we can speak and respond to spiritual matters with people around us. This verse also shows us that, as before, when James has said, faith is shown by your works, we see wisdom is shown by our good lifestyles and our humble deeds. And so, to understand this wisdom, let's first of all look at what it's not. Verse 14 uh, to 16 says, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish and bitter uh, ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, uh, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder and every evil practice. This envy, I keep doing this because my Bible has inverted commas around that wisdom. And this wisdom is described as earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And it's caused when you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition. And it ends up denying the truth. And I think the reason why it's inverted commas is because the wisdom is just the appearance of wisdom. In actual fact, this supposed wisdom becomes foolishness because of the outcome. And as we read this, as we think about this in our own lives, we think, yes. That is terrible. I would never, ever 
do that. I'm a Christian. I don't, I don't do those sorts of things. I speak wise words. But think a little bit to the last time you were angry about something. When you started speaking without thinking. When you started speaking and your emotions got all agitated. And in the heat of the moment, is it possible that sometimes we say things that maybe you would regret later on as a Christian? Maybe you say things that you didn't really mean to say because your emotions got the better of you. Because the words that you speak were earthly, spiritual, or unspiritual, or demonic. Um, this wisdom that comes out at those points is full of bitter envy and selfish ambition, which in turn, turn breeds disorder and every evil practice. So what does that mean? What does bitter envy mean? Uh, sometimes it's been translated as jealousy, uh, and selfish ambitions are very much a part of this world. And so I want you to think of this example. Imagine you're speaking to someone and they're sharing some good news with you. Maybe they got a promotion at work and they're so excited they're going to get more money. Or maybe they're telling you about their wonderful holiday that they're going to go to uh, in a beautiful part of the world while you're at home. And maybe a small part of you says, you know, that should be my promotion. I'm the one who's supposed to get a promotion. That should be my holiday. I deserve it more. Or maybe you're in a conversation uh, and you want to show yourselves one step better than the other person who's just spoken. And they say something like, you know, I just got a new BMW and it's got all these cameras all the way around and you can see the whole car. And maybe in yourself you say, that's nothing. My Audi, it just parks itself, you know. Or maybe you're the person who, who drives a Vauxhall, which I drive a Vauxhall, and so you just remain quiet and think, I deserve a more expensive car. I deserve something better than what I've got. Our thoughts are plagued with I, me, and myself. Instead of joy and happiness, the side thought of envy, jealousy, and selfish ambition. And if we're not careful, that side thought can become a main thought if we concentrate on it. Is there any wonder that the Bible tells us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ? The devil wants us to follow the acts of the flesh from Galatians chapter 5 instead of the fruit of the Spirit. Turn with me in your Bibles uh, to Galatians chapter 5. Uh, verse 19 onwards. And remember to keep your hand in the other place in James. So you're going to have to use either two markers or two fingers. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. I think we think we're safe there. Suddenly these come up. Hatred discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. The acts of the flesh are everything we think of when it's about us. It's all about self-seeking, desiring for ourselves what somebody else has. It's putting myself first um, instead of seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness. 
It says, the wisdom is centered on me. I need to look out for number one. It's me, doing what's best for me. It's my way or the highway. And this is so much the teaching of our culture today. Do what is best for you. Believe your truth. Speak your truth about different things. This wisdom is not from God. And sometimes we might even think this is God's wisdom. I mean, we see an example in the Bible when Peter took Jesus aside and he wants to rebuke him for predicting his own death. And Jesus says to him, get behind me, not Peter, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. This kind of wisdom is not from God. It's demonic from Satan. When you follow that path, it ends in disorder and every evil practice. And so, instead of this type of wisdom, what should, wisdom should we look for? And thank God that James continues telling us the truth. So keep your fingers back in uh, Galatians and turn back to James. Uh, verses 17 and 18 says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. God's wisdom is very different to the previous type of wisdom. It comes with very specific characteristics. And I don't think this chapter here has a very exhaustive list, but it does show the attitude or the fruit of one practicing wisdom. First of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Does this list sound familiar? It sounds a little bit like the fruit of the Spirit back in Galatians 5. So let's turn back there and read verses 22 to 24. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. This type of wisdom is not about me. It's not about myself. It comes because we have crucified the flesh. So what really is this wisdom about? Um, this wisdom begins, as we read in James, with purity. That's kind of what like Bart was saying about the first song, holy, holy, holy. Purity means holy or consecrated. This wisdom begins with someone that has no blemishes or impurities. This wisdom comes from God. It's all about who God is. The first attribute then is the wisdom is about God, it's not about us. It's fixed on God's greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Put God first. And then it continues on that list um, by our relationship with people. How do we love our neighbors? Um, so most important to remember, this wisdom is first of all pure from God. It's all about who God is. But then it continues to be peace-loving. It does not want to quarrel. Instead, it shows a desire to bring peace between people. Uh, this type of wisdom and the words and actions that come from it are about showing reconciliation over retaliation. It's about allowing your tempers and your emotions to calm down and even choosing to be considerate and willing to yield to other people. This is the opposite of selfish ambition. 
It means choosing to give up uh, your own desires, choosing to um, being pushed around sometimes, and instead of making your own point of view most important, recognizing somebody else's point of view and becoming submissive under God. We don't have to have our own way, but God's way must be first and foremost. And because of this, we can be wise. We can be full of mercy. What is this mercy? According to the children's song that we sing in church by Elevation Kids, mercy is when God does not give us what we deserve. So how do we show mercy? Uh, The side thought that comes, I deserve what somebody else gets, gets replaced. And instead of envy, uh, instead of desiring everything for ourselves, we choose mercy. Uh, We say we are truly happy for that person. We can be instead think, that's fantastic for you. God bless you as you enjoy what you've received. Instead of placing myself in the picture, I want to see how God is rewarding you and the good things that God has given to you. True mercy is seeing the gospel in action. We find ways to not only be seen as people of peace, but to speak the words of peace that bring people from life leading to eternal death to a life that comes to eternal presence and peace of God. We want people to know that all people have messed up in our relationship with God, and there's nothing we can do to fix that. Um, that our good works are tainted by our sinful lives. The only solution is a perfect, spotless replacement to fix that relationship. And Jesus is that perfect, spotless person. He's the one who died so that we don't have to pay the price of reconciliation with God. Not only did he die for us, but he rose to show us a new life that we can have when we are reconciled to God. And this is what we want other people to know. And if we're a follower of Jesus, that's what we want to tell others. And if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, this is what I want you to know. There is a way forward where we can get back to God. And as we spend time doing this, we realize it's not about us anymore. Even that it's not about us, God still rewards us. Verse 18 does say, Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So what does that mean? God has a greater reward for us. As we sow these seeds of peace, as we choose to be peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere, God promises us a reward of a full harvest, a harvest of righteousness. You know, many people quote Job when he said, naked I come into this world and naked I will leave it. Meaning that we can do nothing with us We can take nothing with us when we die. But there is a different story in the New Testament. God rewards those who share the gospel. The only thing we can take with us into his presence is other people. As we share the truth, the wisdom of God, as we tell people the truth of the the gospel, how God can speak to them and, and heal them, we can bring them with us when we die, when we go into the presence of God. As we sow the gospel in peace, God promises a harvest of righteousness. That's the the, the joy that we can get in that. In the beginning of this message, I I told you of my work with the rural Zulu people, um, and they started calling me uh, Endodo and Cheva because of my beard when I worked in that area. But as I worked longer and longer, my name changed from that to Mfundisi. 
Umfundisi is the Zulu word that means teacher or pastor. And so the longer I worked there, they no longer looked at my outside appearance, but they looked at the words that I was giving them. And my prayer at that time was that through my actions and my words, people would be changed. People would come to know the true source of wisdom. And many of the people that we did serve there did come to a place where they accepted the gospel and became members of God's family. And in fact, one of those interpreters who worked with me very often, he is now a fundisi. He studied at Bible college. He became a preacher, and he's working there. And believe me, it's not because I always spoke wise words. I think God called them despite my lack of wisdom. I was very young. I did some very silly things. <laughs> but God allowed people to come to his family uh, because of what was going on there. And so, can I encourage you? You don't have to be a missionary or a minister to speak God's wisdom. You just have to be bold enough to share what the wisdom you have from God with people around you. When people meet you, do they think you as someone who is wise or having words of wisdom? Um, as your family, friends, neighbors, work colleagues have got to know you, do they think of you as someone who can speak the truth, who can speak wisdom about godly things, not worldly wisdom, but the wisdom that comes from God? And so can I encourage you this week and onwards to be a peacemaker, to seek wisdom in all you do, not the wisdom of the world, which leads to disorder, but godly wisdom, which leads to a harvest of righteousness. Can I challenge you this week to spend time reading God's Word? Because God's Word is where we get that truth. Uh, try and read the entire book of James this week. Try and read a chapter of Proverbs every day of the month. Um, it's one of the wonderful things about Proverbs is there's 20, 31 chapters. And so if you read a chapter every day, same as the, of the day of the month, Every month you can just keep reading through the Proverbs. Um, use your daily times of prayer, asking God to give you wisdom and for opportunities to speak godly wisdom. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you that you are the giver of all true wisdom. That as we spend time in your word, your word gives us faith and the ability to speak wise words. Help us to be people who know you and make you known to our colleagues, to our families, to our friends, to people around us. To whatever front lines we have, help us to be bold in speaking your truth, putting back our truth, and allowing the truth of the word to be the only wisdom that we follow. In Jesus' name, amen.